Shluchim Habayim B'Shem Hashem B'Rachnuchim V'Ez Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir As we've been doing for the past few weeks Dedicating the Shir to Reb Shalom Rav Chazer Reb Shalom Ben Yeshua Allah V'Shalom Last night I was actually going to pick up my Eshig And Baruch Hashem, the service is still the same, almost. But it never will be the same without him. If he took more money, if he took less money, it didn't matter. It was that reassurance, that squeeze of the arm, saying, it's fine, it's beautiful. Made everything better. He'd get a little bit impatient sometimes if we kept asking for different seconds to look at. But he would keep asking, do they have what they need? Do they have what they need? Do they have what they're looking for? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Who was I? A young schnips. His connection actually was with my father of Shalom, or even my grandfather probably. But still, Very, very caring, devoted, dedicated, loving. Never about the money. Never about the money. Suse Yogan Aleno. Good meditation for all of us. And all the Sregim throughout the world should be beautiful and clean this year. So they call yourselves. Mitzvahs, schusim, should shine and be as beautiful. And ultimately, we see the ultimate shine, the ultimate beauty of Galus Melech HaMashiach. Tonight is Vav Tishrei, the sixth of the month of Tishrei. Everyone looks at it a little different, everybody has different perspectives. For me, I'm <coughs> a couple, stark. My grandson, <coughs> ten years old, Schliches in Geneva, Switzerland. For his birthday, went to Caparis, an old Eden in Geneva that were able to go over the border, helped his father. But did the mitzvah kisa adam? 
some will say, eh, a mitzvah. Every child has to know <coughs> every little nuance of a mitzvah. And people make a bracha. Some do, most do. Most importantly for Kal Yisrael, that's most importantly in, right now in our lives, but most importantly in Kal Yisrael, is the outside of Rebbe Zimkana, the Rebbe's mother. And you'll find now many different videos, many different talks, people that actually got to meet the Rebbe I've told the stories many times, what I read or heard from I read from Hirshel Chitrik or the Shalom how he used to frequent the Rebetzin's house and even on occasion ultimately bumped into the Rebbe in the house how he used to hear from the Rebetzin many different stories, obviously, but most importantly, she expressed the extreme kibbutz aim that the Rebbe had. The honor that the Rebbe gave his mother. Royalty. And she was just that. She's been through a lot in life. I want to ask in the future. A lot. More than many people want to sign up for. But yet, but yet, always a smile on her face. Always joy, true joy. Full come joy. To everything and anything. And as she attested to Rebbe's COVID, how the Rebbe, since he was 13 years old, she never saw his back. Now I've repeated that many, many, many times. And it gets borderline monotonous hearing it so many times. It's a fact that I think is extremely, extremely important, especially in today's generation. Today's generation more than than ever. Today's generation that unfortunately is so lacking in Derecheretz, Kovet HaTayra, and Adkilekach Kivetavim, honoring of your mother and father. Truth to be told, everyone says to themselves, oh, come on, I, I honor my parents, I give them a covet. Kibbutz aim is probably as, if not harder, harder than Lashanara. Obviously, 
for the most part, children don't go around smacking their parents, hitting or beating their parents. For the most part. When you raise your voice to a parent, when you lose perspective sometimes, and you turn to the parent instead of saying, in a respectful way, in a respect, respectful approach, you sometimes think, think and look at and treat your parent as a friend. And say things that are outrageous, outlandish. And you even think back in retrospect, how did I say that to my parents? The problem becomes when you don't even think that. Then you know trouble is brewing in Texas. you don't notice even how disrespectful when your parent asks something and you'll say one minute or even not ask when you're aware that your parent needs something and it's not your top priority you have your priorities the things that you do and you get around I'm going to go I'm going to take care of it, but not my top priority. You don't even necessarily say it that way. It just expresses itself that way. And Achimei Vesrim, after Achimei Vesrim, a parent passes away, you say to yourself, oh, just to have that one more minute that one more hour, that one more day, where I could bring the cup of water, where could I help them put their feet up, where I could help them into a chair, or Rahman people that were more disabled Rahman and needed more help than just the average. Is it my job? Why can't I just hire a nurse, a nurse's aide? And you even get to a point sometimes of frustration. You could do it yourself, you know. The sink is right there. You could have gotten yourself a cup of water. It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. It's a very big nisoyen. It's a very big test. And unfortunately I would say not the chatzon be made salaz on Yidin. I would say that not many pass with flying colors. It's not your fault. You're a human being. And parents can be sometimes nuisance. 
or borderline such. We come now, therefore we learn from the Rebetzin, the Derecheretz and the cover that the Rebbe had for her, how we need to learn to respect, how we need to cherish every moment that Hashem gives us with our mother and father in this world. For that's a mitzvah that you can't have or push off for other years. Once Rahman al-Tsan, a parent is gone, a parent is gone. And although you can say Kaddish if you're a male, and you can make Yotzeit, Kiddushim, and Sudas, it's not the mitzvah of Kabbalah, Savichav, in a physical sense. But we find physical and spiritual blending in one with another in the most ironic of ways. Let us take a focus for a moment on the upcoming holiest day of the year, Yom HaKippurim. A day that we ask for forgiveness. A day, should keep me score at home, the Yomar and Shavuos, Tafyud Gimel Omeral of 13, side 1, talks about the forgiveness of sins and Yom Kippur, and the Yomar brings a machlikis, a dispute. The Rabbanim say, Yom Kippurim ene mechaper el ha-shavim. Yom Kippur only forgives those that repent. Rabbi Chelek al Rabbi has an argument on that. It says, If you did or didn't do tshuva, Yom Kippur forgives. Why? Because the essence of the day forgives. Nice to the end, everyone admits that the essence of the Yom Kippur forgives but according to Rabbi the holiness of Yom Kippur is so great even someone who doesn't Hashem repent someone who doesn't do Tshuva they're forgiven whereas the Rabbanam hold that it's conditional Conditional if a person does tshuva. It's. Where's that condition? Okay. Sorry. We can't believe he's gone. We need to understand this though. The concept of kapora, forgiveness. It's not only slicha mechila of Makadish Baruch Hu. Let me try something on the computer. When a Jew does a sin of Rechman he causes 
a, a, a blemish. A blemish in his soul. This spot. Oh no. Oh, the video is acting up. This spot. This blemish. Is something the person needs to fix and repair. So in that case, how could it happen automatic pilot? How could it be something that happens automatically just because the day has arrived? And your brief. See if this is going to work. Unsuccessful. Sorry with the video. Perhaps I can do it. Trying to stop and restart. Here we go. Okay, sorry. This is part two of your video. By discussing and discovering this blemish, we come to a deeper connection between a Jew and a Kaddish Baruch There is a connection that's made through the doing of mitzvahs and accepting the yoke of heaven upon us. The correct way is, of course, to fulfill the Ratzon of Hashem. And this makes that connection between God and the person. When a Jew is Mekayim, when a Jew fulfills <coughs> the Ratzon of Hashem, he becomes Mekusha. <coughs> he becomes bound. Higher than this is the Kesha that comes through Tshuva. What's Tshuva? A person that threw off, discarded doing mitzvahs, disconnected, where is his connection now to God? Why does he decide all of a sudden to repent? But the tshuva reveals that the essence of the person was connected with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Even when he was sinning, God forbid, and going against God's will. And this nekuda, this little pintale, is what wakens up the person to do tshuva. But even this connection, which reveals in the way of tshuva, it's not the do-all that ends all. The connection with tshuva is limited in a certain way. 
on the essence of the way the person does the shuvah. And therefore there's this deeper meaning. The actual connection between the Shamas HaYehudi, the Jewish soul, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the neshama that's within us is a chelik elikah mimal mamish al Rebbe writes in Perek Sheni until in Tanya. And therefore it's never really fully severed from its source. It's part of God. <coughs> this is not affected by our, <coughs> our actions, our sins. This is within each and every Jew the nature of their soul. There's no sin. There's no Aveda that can that can get to this. But rather all throughout the year this connection shows actually doesn't show, it actually hides in the depth of our hearts. Both what's the outer connection with God and the inner. It's only all depending on us, on our action. Yom Kippur itself though reveals this essence of Kaddish Baruch Hu Am Yisrael. And that's what it means when it says that the Itzumei Shayim Mechaper. Ayim Kippur, when it's revealed, the connection, the Pnimi, it's erased automatically all the sins that a person has. And this day then reveals that every Jew has a connection to God, and they all come, whether it's just for Yisker or for whatever davening it is, they come just to hear Shefer. And therefore the sins get totally eradicated and wiped out. Except for someone that sins on Yom Kippur itself. And destroys the actual fast. This all comes about with Ni'ilah the last of the Tfilas of Yom Kippur, then we say, Ninalim HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'Misro We are locked away with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our private of chambers. And nothing can get between us. Shekhanah Rakhdal Tereba writes, Abbaskal Yitzhiz a heavenly voice comes out. Matzayim Kippurim Amatzayim Kippur. On the the end of Yom Kippur, and it says, "Vaymeres, leichachel b'simcha, go eat in joy. Go eat with joy." Wow. So in that case, the essence of Yom Kippur, we find two extremes, which the Chayda don't, shall we say, jive one with the other. 
One is, it's called Yema Kodesh. Keep his score at home, you can run a Shabbos. Kufiyu Tessim and Aleph. Also, Shkhanarach, etc. Many places, it's called Yema Kodesh. It's also called Achas Bashana. The once a year. The video is not happy this week. It's called the once a year. And Tata calls it Shabbos Shabbosin. Shabbos of Shabbosin. What does it mean? It's the Shabbos of all Shabbos. Yemakodesh, it is the holiest day in all the other days of the year. Within them, within that day, we put the Yom Tevim and the Shabbosim. Just for the record, if you're having a problem on the video, you can hear the audio at www.shir.us S-H-I-U-R dot U-S It's on iTunes as well. As we said before, the Bechina Aveda Aruchni is the spiritual Aveda. Yim Kippur renders the elevation of our souls. On this day, each and every Jew is awakened within the Neshama, as we said before, Zman Lakel. Repentance for everything. Therefore everyone davens with the Slavos, with the Bren, with Dveikus. Pashtunbrik is the going out of the, the Kirch HaNefesh. So therefore in essence Jim Kippur has it all going for it. This is what it's all about. On the other hand, Yom Kippur itself has the physical, mundane part to it. First and foremost, the fast. The halacha is if a person is davening on Yom Kippur and they feel it affecting their fast and they feel that they can no longer daven without eating something or drinking something you guessed it the halacha is stop davening. Continue your fast. Wow. Wow. How is that possible? A concept so mundane as eating and drinking outranks the prayers of the holiest day of the year. The same as a Jew reaches 
the zenith of their spirituality, what do we tell them to do? Here they are, by Nila. They finished the Neila. Maidiv, which is called Nidre Maidiv, Shachris, Musaf, Mincha, Neila. Five Tvilas. Two times they read from the Torah by Shachris and by Mincha. All the times that we go down to the ground, Kaidim. The self nullification of oneself. You're now at a point where Napoleon's march is sung and we are rejoicing because we have elevated ourselves to such a level. So, how are we told to celebrate? I think take a cup of water. And a simple crust of bread, just enough to get you by, and say a lot of tilim now, because you are now, wow. No. Leharbeis misudasai. Shkhanarafal the Rebbe writes to add in your suda, set up a feast as much as possible. And the bus call goes out, the heavenly voice goes out and calls out and says, Go eat, enjoy. Enjoy, not enjoy. How do we jump off that spiritual cliff to the abyss? of the physical mundane indulgences of the world. This is therefore what a character for the audience today. This is where we come to the true essence of spirituality and holiness of a Jew. It's not that I sever myself from the mundane physical world, from the worldly life, and I sanctify myself to become a ghost just living by Tera words and Tera way and Tera life doing nothing else yes a person needs to keep Tera mitzvahs live a Tera way a Tera life yes the person needs to also be able to have the mundane and the physical part of the world as well. To live a daily life and to do what they need to do. One cannot just become an angel. 
But when a Jew behaves and does everything, they're eating, they're drinking, they're sleeping, all their actions are according to Torah Mitzvah, they are sanctifying, they are elevating everything they do. Every physical item that they come in contact with, they are elevating They sanctify their body, even their physical needs, their basic mundane eating, the drinking, the sleeping, is all done the shame shemaim. And therefore, Therefore, they need to elevate everything that they do. Yom Kippur therefore comes and tells us how we do this. How we connect the two, the two total opposites. The concept of physical and the concept of spiritual. Firstly, fasting. Eating and drinking are the basics that a person needs to have. The staples of every human being, human creature. By not eating or drinking, we are overpowering Mm Sorry, we're eating or drinking. We're not eating or drinking. We're overpowering. We're bringing out. We're strengthening the spiritual of all the physical in our neshama, and we're therefore allowing the physicalities to elevate and to come one with the spirituality. And that's why we come to Matzim Kippur. We're asked. We are told immediately to go down from the kedusha of the day. The Holy of Holies is the highest spiritual moment, which is something that we want to continue throughout the year. The Almighty gives us physical, and the Jew takes the physical and makes the physical spiritual and it's a trick it's a trick you don't learn in the army it's a trick you learn in Sivas Hashem it's one that we are taught life lesson from Yom Kippur and therefore when we turn to Pasha's Hazinu 
And the Pasuk says, Yaakov Chevon Lachalosai. In the Shira of Hazino, Hazino is allowed to be studied by heart. In that, it is a Shira. And therefore, we need to take each Pasuk each sentence in the Shira and see how we apply it to our day and daily life. Let's just try part of God is nation and Yaakov is a chevel a rope is his inheritance. The comparison, the connection with a chevel, with a rope, chevel lachlosei has a much deeper meaning to it. The Altareb writes in Tanya and explains that the Shama is the beginners of Chevel. The Shama has the concept of Chevel in it, the rope, just like the idea, the concept of Chevel is to connect two things. Same way also, Chevel and the Shama binds the person found that's in this world with a Baruch Just like the rope has to be whole in order to be able to be worthy of use. Same also, the knot, the bond between the Yidin and Akadosh Baruch needs to be whole. Sometimes, unfortunately, the rope is defective. This is done by the sins of a Jew. In such a situation, when they cause such damage between Akadj Baruchu and the Jew, it's a very, very severe thing. And the Atreb explains it. It's like emotional of the rope. Find ourselves in these two situations. And the beginning explains that the Chevel is in the Shama. And it has 613 um, strands, thin strands. Each one is coincides with the t- 613 mitzvahs. And when a Jew sins against one of these mitzvahs, he severs one of these strands. And by doing this, by doing so, by severing even one of the most smallest, most minute of the rope, strands of the rope, it causes damage to the rope. Here we go again. Once again, the video has frozen. And this thereby, when the Jew, Rahman al son does a sin, does an Avera, Mm-hmm. When a Jew does an Avera, they automatically are severing their rope between them and Hakadosh Baruch Hu.
therefore, person needs to know, person needs to remember, that they need to see to it that their rope stays steadfast. In times of Yisamilah, Shachman one did so severely, acted so severely. They Rachman al-Tsan severed the rope the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and thereby Rachman had to leave the world in turn. Video is not a happy camper this week. However, Al-Trabi continues and writes, Al-Trabi continues and writes, that this is the Cheda, a contradiction. It's a contradiction. According to the first look at it, he explains the severity of this of the sin. Each Jew is tied and bound with a chevel like a We have a chevel, a rope, which is in the hat on top. Is the maila. The head is the top, and the bottom is here on the world. Through this, the person pulls on the rope below to a certain direction. It brings it. It, it directs the rope in a certain direction. It has an effect even the Maila directly on that rope. It's felt above. Is that my Yasha? Yeah, I'm recording. And we find the severity of such an issue, the one of sin, that when a Jew, God forbid, sins, and he applies his strength, his essence, his power to something negative, he's pulling with him the rope in the wrong direction. And Hashem pulling away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Sitracha. If we said already that through the sin he cuts off the Chavar Rahman and we see that the bond the connection in addition to be completing even during the sin itself person adds and continues pulling on the rope so then person's doing he's still holding on he's still connected the explanation is the Kesha between a Jew and a Kajbarchu The nimshal of the chel of the chevel has two levels. There's a level one that's very very high, and therefore affects on the sins. And there, it's possible and capable of going high, right, rising higher, of the chas detaching itself. Try the last part of the shear back on the video. However, on this high level, 
connection between a Yehudi, a Jew, the Kaddish Baruch is higher than everything, anything possible to disconnect. Therefore, when the person sins, he still is part of this, and this connection is even deeper and stronger than this. So the Jew pulls on himself, he pulls himself to Chasson the Sitrachra. Well, on the other hand, the connection, the Kesher, explains the capacity of building Mugvelos of a Jew to be able to repent, to do tshuva, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In the end, at the end of the day, can awaken also Hakadosh Baruch Hu the tshuva shleima. Going to restart the video. Hopefully, at least get some part into the video as well here. Welcome back on the video. This is part three of your video. Um, we hope this one works a little bit longer. We'll at least put the last part of the sheet on the video as well. I hope it stays stable. In the time of the Chernobyl of Magid, Due to poverty, the Yidin became very lax when it came to making a Suda for a bris. Suda's bris was very lax. People felt they didn't have the money. Correct the situation. Shinabala Magid said very simple and straightforward. He would not attend any bris that there was no Sudha. If it wasn't a Sudha, he wouldn't attend the bris. The Baisayan, who was a student of the Magid, Shinabala Magid, Besayim was present when he said this. When he, when he, everybody knew about it. Besayim was present. I'm sorry. When someone came to ask the Chernobyl to be sadik by his son's bris, and Chernobyl asked him straightforward, "Did you prepare a suda?" And he said. Uh, I can't. I can't. I don't have the money. I'll only come if there's a Suda, said the Chernobyl Abayit. What can I do? I can't afford it. I don't have the money for it. He said straight, go tell your boss to lend you the money and every few months, next few months, he'll take a little off your check 
until the debt's paid up. Shinobu Magad added as follows. One of the names of the Yitzhahara is Samal. Samal is Rashtavis Siyam Mesechtis Ein Lasais. Samal the Yitzhahara came forth and said people should not have a meal by a Siyam Mesechta. Doesn't want people to have a Suda by a Siyam. And the Yitzhahara succeeded in this. People weren't having Sudas by a Siyam. Now came the Yitzhahara, says the Shinobu Magid, and decided even the Bris they won't have. I got this far, I'll do a little further. The Shinobu Magid said, I will poke out the eyes of the of the of Samal, the Yitzhahara. I will not let it happen. Well, the best I repeated this episode explained that the Suda that one has after a Mila and after a Siyam when a person makes a big meal a festive meal after a Bris after Siyam Sechta they're showing how happy they are with the Mitzvah how much they enjoyed doing a Mitzvah When the Sultan claims in heaven the Jewish people do Avedis, the angels all speak up and say, excuse us, just look how they, happy they are to do mitzvahs. They make a meal, they rejoice. Even Hanukkah there's a meal. Hanukkah there's no obligation to have a mitzvah, a suda. Chayisel finds a way always to make a suda for simcha, for joy, for Yamtiv. You never saw a Yid prepare a Suda, prepare a party, because they didn't have Ada. Doesn't happen. And therefore, Sultan gets silenced. And this protects the Jewish nation. If Chasashon, we don't celebrate mitzvahs with a meal, with a Suda, with festiv- festivity and joy. we can lose the protection. This is why the Chinabal Magid was so adamant that a Suda be held. So that we show the, the Maila how much we enjoy doing mitzvahs and therefore we are granted the protection of the Malach. Thing on the Pasha at least, the Pasha Zazino. Pasha says, Kinesha, part of the Shira, Kinesha, Yoyer Kinei, Angezola, Virachev, Yifes, Kinofov, Yikacheyu, Seva, Alevas, Alevrasli. As an eagle awakens its nest, hovering over its fledglings. 
It spreads its wings and taking them and carries them on its wings. Moshe compares the care that Kaddish Baruch Hu gives Kal Yisrael to the care an eagle does for its children, for its fledgings. Which is what? When it moves the children from place to place, it doesn't hold them in its feet, in its hands, in its claws, but rather, like all other birds do, rather it puts them on top of their wings. So if a hunter should shoot an arrow, it should hit the mother and not the child. And this is what it says, better the arrow should pierce me than my children. Therefore, she explains, when the Yidden were being chased by Mitzrayim, they were being chased by the Egyptians, they left Egypt, what happened? The Egyptians started to throw stones and spears and arrows what was done <coughs> and Malach Aleikim came along and stood between the Jews and the Egyptians and absorbed all the <coughs> whatever they threw How can you compare that to an eagle? Angels are spiritual beings. Nothing happened to the angel when he got an arrow on him. When a rock hit him. They're not vulnerable to that. But the eagle exposes itself to actual harm in order to protect its young. The question is answered by the Tater's emphasis. That when Bnei Yisrael was standing and the Egyptians were coming after them, Malach Eleikim. Not Malach Hashem, Yudke Vovke, but Eleikim. Yudke Vovke would be the Malach of Rachamim, the angel of compassion. Mashenkein, Malach Eleikim, is an angel of judgment. This teaches us, therefore, the moment when they saw were being judged, should they be saved or perished to the hands of the Egyptians? With the Egyptians. So there, and who stood there? The angel of judgment, who should generally be judging, not being compassionate and saving the Jews. So we understand the sacrifice that this angel did, and why it's comparable to the young, to the eagle, protecting its young. An angel cannot deviate from the divine mission that's given to it. And the mission of an angel is is to attribute judgment. To contribute, it's the attribute of judgment. And therefore needs to carry out strict justice. But an angel, Hashem, Yudkei Vavkei, is of mercy. And therefore, yeah, if it stood in, in, in behalf of the, on behalf of the Jews, interceded for them and to save them, then we understand it. 
This is the Mesiris Nefesh of the angel himself. That the angel of justice stood up and absorbed and saved the Yidin instead of Rahman al-Tzlan meting out justice against them. May HaKadosh Baruch Hear all our tefillahs. And I once again take this moment to ask Mechila from anyone that I need to ask from be forgiven with a full heart. And we say in Davening on Yom Kippur Kirab Meheim V'yev Shalafartam there are many and I can't enumerate, enumerate them. Therefore I'm asking that all of them be forgiven, that I be forgiven, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will forgive on the Etzumah where the Yem itself forgives, and where we all merit this year to Aksiva, Gemar Aksima Teva, Shana Teva Masuka. Dina Le'abas Menach Mendel Shamash Havan Aliyah It should be a good to better for the whole Kali Yisrael mm-hmm. and we should merit this Yom Kippur, before Yom Kippur even we should sing the march of Napoleon and march together with Melech HaMashiach Tegul HaMit Sashlema It's Shabbos Ksiva Ksiva Gmar Ksiva Teva Shabbat Teva Masuk